When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Welcome back to the End in Mind podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Caitlin, your host, and I do have a special guest here today with me. This is Sue. Sue is fantastic. I have been on her Facebook group teaching her lovely community. And Sue is a sales and marketing mindset coach who works with purpose-driven, ambitious solo entrepreneurs who want consistent client attraction. We love that. Become Unstoppable, Sue's all-inclusive program combines her one-on-one coaching and the benefits of small group coaching so you can confidently design and launch your high ticket program and charge $3, $5, or 10K for it, even if your list is tiny. I love that. And Sue's had over 30 years of promotional experience on major brands. She helps you go from start to stop to a regular flow of happy signed clients in 16 weeks or less without anxiety-filled launches or expensive complexity. I can totally relate to everything that's in your bio. (laughs) (laughs) When I got started with my launches, I'm sure we can all relate listening here. The launch anxiety was crippling for me. Oh my goodness. Yes. All this effort. And then you're just praying. And if it doesn't work out, well, then what? Yes. Yes. And I remember, you know, I've shared a few stories on this podcast before we kind of dive into our questions. One of my launches failed. One of my very first launches failed out of the gate. You know, it was priced a little too high, maybe not packaged in the correct way. And it's such a letdown, you know, when you're so excited (laughs) to become an entrepreneur, make some money and like really convert clients. And then sometimes it doesn't happen. Crickets. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's really demoralizing. Yeah. Yourself up. And they're like, okay, I gotta have another go at this. Right? And the vicious cycle starts. (laughs) Yes. And that's why today I thought it would be purpose for us to talk about sales, probably one of the most resisted word when it comes to my community. And I'd like to start off by asking you, you know, why is selling so uncomfortable for us as human beings? Most of our communities tend to be empaths. Why is it so offsetting to us? 
Yes, that's a great question. So first of all, I'd just like to say thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. And this is really an awesome question. Because if you think about it, there are a few things going on that make it anxiety-filled. So first of all, well, what's going on with your prospective client? They are stuck. They're in fear. And they, what has to happen in the sales conversation is they tip over to hope. And if they get to the point where they can see, this could get me where I really, this could change everything for me, they, they tip over. But there's, you have to get to that tipping point. And what gets somebody to that tipping point? Well, they have to really understand what's really going on with them much more clearly than they do when they first arrive in the conversation. We all tend to make assumptions that they're totally clear already. We then have to inspire them. We're explaining what we do in a way that fits their needs. And then the price point has to fit the hope and the benefit. So it's a lot of tension going on. Now, the other thing that's going on is if you're a little wobbly in owning the value that you bring, saying your price is going to trip you up. Yes. Because there's a big difference between saying your price because you know, you believe and you know that the person who comes into your program who you know, really commits, does the work, come, turns up enthusiastically, you know how much is possible. You know you have expertise. And that belief, whether they say yes or no, has no impact on you. It's just like sometimes it's not the right time. Sometimes it's not the right vibe between you, and that's fine. And it's all good. But if you're wavering about, like, will somebody really pay this? Am I really worth this? Oh, my goodness then every piece of the conversation is anxiety-filled and that's looming there. And then the whole bugaboo of objections. Sales is really about mindset. It It totally is about mindset. And there are opportunities in objections, which we tend not to see. Objections aren't, I reject you. Objections are, I haven't tipped over the fear into hope yet. And it's an opportunity for you to go back and explore how you can help them tip over. So that's talking about the emotions. <laughs> I love that. that was, there was so much to unpack there. And before we jump into this next question, I do want to talk about how you said the opportunities in objections. I think that's such a great piece for our listeners to hear because most of the time, at least speaking from my own experience... <laughs> I used to get so stuck in my head on a sales call, you know, what am I going to say next? Instead of slowing down and listening to what they had to say. Yes. One of the really big keys to sales conversations is, first of all, just disconnecting from the outcome. There's the whole, oh my goodness, I really want this. Oh, I think this person is going to be great. I really, really want them to sign. And before you know it, you, you tip into a little bit pushy and you don't mean to, but you know, you really want the sale. The opposite of that is I so don't want to be pushy. 
that I'm almost completely the opposite. I'm almost leaning out, like whatever, you know, I just wanted to be right for you. And what you have to be is fully present. And particularly if you're a coach, you, you're going to have to help them coach them through the fear to get to the hope. Yeah. So now what that means is I think there are five key areas you can explore at the beginning that can really shift everything. So for instance, just start with, so tell me what it was that made you reach out to me today yeah. and have them talk to you. Find out in their words what's going on yeah. and have them. So it's not like two sentence answer. It's like encourage, you know, encourage them to talk to you. Like, tell me more about that. Oh, I see. Gosh. You know, so once they've finished, they're telling you why they reached out and what the issue is. And you say, well, what is it that you are ultimately which are you trying to like, for instance, for me, it's like, so what are you ultimately trying to build? Tell me, like, if we were three years down the line, what, what's this bigger picture, the thing? So now have them unpack that for you. That gives them an opportunity to get that into focus for them, probably more than they had before they got on the call with you. It also helps them get reconnected with why they started this thing in the first place and get back to the excitement. And then once they've talked about that, the next question I think that's great to explore is, well, if we were to work together, you know, however long your period is, like what would you want to achieve, for instance, in 16 weeks or six months or two, what, however long your coaching practice, what would you like to achieve? Because it sits within that bigger picture. And so that helps them get some very clear short-term objectives clear in their head. What tends to happen as you're having, you're having them talk to you, you're doing all the listening, you're prompting, and maybe clarifying and just summarizing sometimes, but they get so much clearer in their own head about what's going on, what's not working, what they want, big picture, and what they want instead. And then I think that the, the last two questions that are great to explore are, so how long has this been going on for you? And that's often that I've had people say, oh, well, and then they stop and they go, oh my goodness, you know, this has been going on for two years. And because nobody's ever asked them and they've never actually thought about, golly, how long has it been going on? That is often an awesome point at which they go, that can help push them over the edge. Like, you know, I can't let this go on anymore. And so the last question is, so are you ready today? Is this something that you're ready to do now? And that helps somebody get an awful lot of things straight in their head. And along the way, you hear what their goals and objectives are. For instance, people I work with, some of them is like, I'm, I'm super serious about this. I want to, you know, reach a million dollars. I'm, I'm going well beyond that. Other people are like, that's not where I am in my life. I had a career. I've got my pension. I've got all that. But still got this in me and I really want to do it and I'd love to have some extra money to do this or that or the other or the reason I want to do this is because I want to get in a combi van and I want to drive around the country and I want to be able to do it from wherever I am that's quality of life and so you've got to know them well but they have got so much clearer in their own head now why that's really valuable is because objections are often unanswered questions that didn't come up earlier. So if you have this really thorough exploration at the beginning, sometimes you, don't, you hardly hear any objections at the end. 
And so that is such a great place from which to start. There comes usually a point where they just, like there's a natural cadence, they're, they're, they're done. And then they say, often, they either say to you, so, so what do you do? You know, or, you, or there comes a sort of pause and you say, would you like to hear about what I do? And they, oh, oh yes. And then when you're explaining what you do, you put it in the context of their goals, their specific goals, specific to them. You speak personally to them. And, and so that allows you to structure the when you're explaining what you offer. Oh, this is amazing. When you use this structure, and those, those questions don't have to specifically come in that order. Sometimes conversations, you know, they go the way they go. But when you know those, you have that structure in your head. Yeah. You know where to go next. Yes. And you're having a normal conversation. You want to understand this person and find out for them. Now, sometimes you have, do have to hold their feet to the fire. You know, like, well, you know, a few minutes ago, you told me this has been going on for two years. And you also told me that now was the time. But now you're telling me, well, this and that and the other. So tell me a little bit more about what's in your way. You know, so help them you know, unpack and you, you have, this is one of the other things about when you have to hold that space for them to help them tip from the fear into the possibility. I think this is an important point. You also have to respect that you aren't for everybody. None of us are for everybody. And that sometimes a client's intuition that this isn't the right way, much though we, as we on the selling end might like it to be the, the, the way it's not always. And that's okay. And I think in that situation, the real value is to earn the right to stay in contact with them. And, you know, that's what your mailing list is for. That's what your posting is for, is to provide value and aha moments that keep them reading what you put out there. And so if the time is right and you are the right person, you just, you are there at the point where they go, you know what, I should have done it three months ago when I had the conversation, but I'm ready now and I'm going to do it, Right. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I hope everybody was taking notes because this is exactly how I approach sales. So I think that you unpacked it perfectly. And it's really hard, especially for younger people coming up in this field or even in sales in general, you know, maybe they're not even starting their own business. It's scary because you think that you talking more is going to help the sale when in fact that can actually hurt it, you know? <laughs> I think the most classic thing is if you, if the best thing that matters is, is your mindset. You've got to allow this person to talk and allow it to go where it's meant to go. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we all do at the beginning is as they talk, you think, oh, this person's perfect. Oh my goodness. I can really help this person. Oh, this is, oh yeah. And so you stop listening and now you're into your inner dialogue and you're thinking, oh my goodness. And then you find yourself going, you interrupt and you start explaining why what you do could be such a great fit for them. But then mid-sentence, they haven't finished exploring and getting clear in their own mind about this whole, like what's really going on for them. But you're diving into the, the like, <laughs> so it's so easy to do that. And I, you know, the other thing I would say is what we all tend to do if a sale doesn't work out, is we beat ourselves up. We did it wrong. If only I'd said this, you know, it mustn't be good enough. They don't want it. You know, it doesn't matter. 
and usually earlier earlier on in our career you know like we go into a slump and often we can go like like you feel absolutely lousy for about three days and then you pick yourself up and then and i i would encourage anybody who's going through that it's like look the amount of people that you close and who sign up with you will depend on how well you market to them before they ever come to the sales conversation because if you do a really good job at attracting the right person using the right language putting out the right material that engages the right person that will bring the right type of person into your sales conversation so an awful lot depends on what you do to actually attract but if you're doing a good job at being clear and using language that really connects with your ideal client then maybe you'll have a close rate of 50 percent i mean look the masters at this you know who have really got their marketing funnel these are the people who are the million dollar people they may have like 70 percent, but not all of them some of them are 50 to 70 percent if you're only signing like 30 percent, you're early in your business you're doing really well so don't beat yourself up just know that you can always tweak the marketing you can, you're doing little tweaks. Everything you do is a little learning opportunity to learn, okay, so that person wasn't the right type of person or wasn't quite right. How could I tweak what I do to bring people in that are more in line with me? Yeah. There's so many opportunities. And so I think people don't talk about closing rate because somebody, somebody's saying, well, how could a closing rate of 30%? If you be good. But look, if you're early in your business and you don't have your marketing sorted out, if you're getting that awesome, you celebrate every person that you, who signs up with you. And then just know that as you get better at the client attraction piece, your closing rate will go up because the fit of people coming in improves. Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And to hear you explain it so well, it's hard because half of the time it's just me and the mic, you know? <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm explaining it well. But to hear you explain it, I hope our listeners are picking up on a new perspective and a different way of hearing it, you know? Because it's so true. When we get in and we end up attracting maybe a different type of client than we wanted, that can also affect the sales in the upcoming, you know, months because your emotions are whack, your energy's whacked, you know, you might not be in a great alignment zone and that comes out, you know, it's so interesting. You can even see it on Instagram as well now, now that, you know, we've all been behind closed doors for so long. I think that our little, energy sense is a little up you know like we can feel it more through the screen and it's so true with the sales if you can really keep on top of their pain points and write them down as they're chatting you know whether you're on the phone or via zoom just tell them you're going to take a few notes that's fine and I'll even write down specific words and then I incorporate them in my pitch back to them exactly how you said Exactly. When you use their words, and particularly if you communicate about things that they are not necessarily so comfortable to say in public, like the things that go round in the middle of the night, you know, like gets them up at night. If you can talk about those things in a way that makes them feel understood, but also you have a solution, that will get your ideal client's attention every time. 
because it tells them they feel understood, they feel seen. And that's powerful, it doesn't matter what, you know, what type of human communication, when we feel understood and seen, that's really powerful. And so I completely agree with you. I actually was doing an interview earlier today and one of the questions I was asked was, how do you get that language? For many of us as coaches, we are often coaching people who are on the same journey as us. They're just earlier. The challenge for us is to get to remember what it was like for us back then because now we have learned so much. We've grown so much. You know, we've sort of put that behind us. We, we always don't want to go back there. But I think one of the things that can really help here is if you think about when you were where your ideal client is now, think about, oh, well, that was in 2016. What was going on in my life? Who was, who was in my life? What events were in my life? What was I thinking then? What did I believe then that I now know is not true? And I think, you know, if you're the type of person that does something like meditation, that's an awesome way to sort of get into. But it can be like getting the photo album, you know, just, and what was I feeling? And even if you have close friends, like, you know, because they will have a, a perspective. But it, to help you get into, gosh, this is what's going around now in my ideal client's head and emotions. Yeah. Then if you communicate from that point, they feel seen and heard. And in all sales and marketing, it's about emotions, but the emotions come from how you express what you have to say. And this mixture of, I understand you and here's some hope. And I understand you and here's some hope all together so that they feel seen, but they also can tip over the fear continuum into the hope. And I can do this with this person's help. Yes. Oh, that's such a great analogy with the hope as well, because that really is, it's almost like you can hear the inflection in their voice when they do get to that hope position on the phone. And it's so rewarding, you know, because you're like, yeah, we did it. And if you truthfully are operating in this integrity, authenticness, yeah, you believe that, you know, Um, and I'm sure all of our listeners do believe in what they're selling and you know, I'm sure they do. And I mean, if you're really early on, it's really about, you know, this is true from your own journey. And then once you're a little experienced, you know, it's true from your clients. Something else that can trip up people earlier on is not every client is, you know, they're not making a million dollars when they leave me. So I failed, you know, but the real question is, well, where are they, where they come in? Because some people have done multiple things before. Those people are going to fly quickly. And you give them the right help and wow, they fly. Other people are much further back. You know, we're as humans, as we can't suddenly magically go from zero to like, you know, a million. With this a learning curve and we can't, as humans, take in. We take in a lot less than we'd like to think at, at one go, you know. The critical thing is, do you leave that person in so much better place? Than when they started with you does everybody grow absolutely exp- exponentially towards their goal that's the most important did you enrich did you empower them and if the answer to that is yes celebrate that 
Yes. Wow. I love that as well. And you know, a lot of our listeners will have a brick and mortar as well, or they may sell a product. And I think that that's really important for them to hear as well. You know, even these products or a brick and mortar experience, whether it's a facial or some type of other self-care act, those are improving their lives. Even if it's just a small thing, you know, every day. And when you can kind of get into that mindset and put yourself in that energy so that you approach that confidence, you know, on the call to embody that. I think that's so powerful. And it's so true. If you can even add some type of value to somebody's life, I'll frequently say, on Instagram, when I'm coaching people, they'll say, well, I don't want to put up, you know, a post that I think is going to flop, or I feel like I want to share this story, but I'm so nervous. And I say to them, you know, if it helps one person that comes across your post, would it be worth it? And 90% of the time they say yes, you know, and they go ahead and do it. And it's so true. If we can even help one portion of their lives, aren't we benefiting, you know, from the coaching? Yes. Fear of failure is a very big one. And that is an awesome way to approach it. I, I applaud you. That's, I love that approach. <laughs> it's like, because it's, why are we doing what we're doing? We're doing it because we want to make other people's lives better um, and make a business out of it. And um, those two things can absolutely travel together. Yes. Oh, I love it. So well said. Well, Sue, tell us how you got into this line of work because you are very well seasoned in it. I really enjoy, love hearing you talk about sales in this way because I incorporate things like manifestation and meditation in my business as well. It's huge for what we do now. And this has been a more frequent activity that I've included into my daily routine. And it's changed my life forever. Um, And I would love to know more about how you got into all of this. Uh, You know, it's so great to hear you say that. As you know, I, I, I also do. I didn't when I started. So where I started was I had a corporate career in sales and marketing for 25 years, an international career. And I was, you know, direct level, blah, 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 and on well-known household brands. I knew inside that whilst I was, I was working in pharmaceuticals and I still, I mean, for instance, I mean, there are certain medications that uh, unquestionably change people's lives, but I wasn't wholeheartedly connected with the industry. And I had known for a while that I wanted to leave, but I felt as though I had golden handcuffs. But then my company did me a favor and they said, so sorry, your job no longer exists. I mean, there was a feeling of like, how am I going to pay my bills? But there was also a feeling of joy that I got at that moment and I thought, oh gosh, that just tells me everything. And I did not know at that point, really, honestly, this universe sort of led me along because I went off to England to see my mom, which was already planned, without a job, and no idea what I was gonna do. And while I was there, I had a interview with a coach who had a program. I listened to a couple of webinars and I signed up and the rest, as they say, is history. I mean, I actually consulted for a year before I, but yeah, I mean, that's how I, how I got there. And in terms of sales, I had started my career in, you know, in pharma and sales. I didn't want to sell in the way I've been taught. Mm-hmm. And so the way I, the way I just described to you is a total rethink of the way I, uh, this is the way I believe that sales should be the way I described it to you, Um, because it's about one person, two people finding out whether this is the right fit for you, me to help you get to where you want to go and 
you know, do I have what you need? And is this a good fit between the two of us? I love that. Well said. And you know, I can only imagine the big corporate um, selling tactics can be very different from that. And I listened to a, a few other business coaches that have worked in large corporations as well and kind of made this transition and mm. they'll say rewarding, you know, they enjoy it. Yeah, a lot more and it's a little bit more personalized. And what I've also, which I would love to get your opinion on, I've learned so much about people since I've become an entrepreneur, you know? <laughs> you know, I think that becoming a solo entrepreneur is one of the bis- biggest personal growth journeys you will ever go on. And the better we know ourselves, the better we understand it. Because you can't understand somebody else unless you understand yourself. A piece of you that you don't understand is a piece that you can't understand about somebody else. So I think that those two things go together. And um, that's how I see it anyway. <laughs> That's so well said. Everything we believe here at the end in mind. So I love that you said that because it's so true. You know, like um, I frequently will share on this podcast. I never thought I would fall into this line of work, but I'm so thankful that I did because it changed my life, you know, and I find that I'm able to decipher what's important to me in my everyday and what isn't. One of the, uh, a book that I read early on was The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And, uh, and, and if anybody's listening to this and hasn't found that book, I recommend it. And he is the person who started talking about genius zone. And um, what he meant by genius zone is, you know, there's you know, <laughs> zone of what I call not your thing. And then the zone of competence. Most people spend their careers in their zone of excellence. As in, if they're really good at what they do, people seek them out for those skill sets. And they often build an entire career there. But the difference between the zone of excellence and zone of genius is zone of excellence is rewarding because you're recognized for it and because you, you can do it. You know, you'd have that feeling of, I'm good at this. But zone of genius, there's a piece of you that gets a little piece of excitement every time you do it. You, I, I call it like, on the inside, you're bouncing up and down on your chair, you know, with excitement. And when you're in that zone, even if you are not as skilled as you will ultimately be, you still find it rewarding. You still get a buzz out of it. It still gives you a lift. And that's so key because building your business in your zone of genius gives it longevity, gives it excitement. It means that you're constantly growing it because you're, you're, in it all the time and you want to get better at it and you're just excited by it. And I suspect that both you and I, that's how we feel when we work with our clients. And that's, you know, that is even because I don't, I don't care who you are really. When you're first building a business, it's not easy. You know, there are, there are great days and then there are, oh, I mean, and it's not easy. And so, but that's what keeps you going. It's like, but then I get to coach some clients. I'm like, and then I'm like, you know, I love this. There's no way I'm going back to the J-O-B. I am figuring this out. And that's what gets you moving forward. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so true. You know, when, when you really do feel so excited to like 
work with someone and there's genuine excitement. As we were saying before we started recording, um, we have very similar energies and that's what I think makes our communication so great. And when you are also able to show up that way for your clients and have them gain some of that energy or confidence to like along the way, you know? No, that, that, that's such a great point actually, because that's exactly right. That is what happens, isn't it? Yeah. It's like sometimes you, they have to borrow some of your energy, your belief, you hold that space for them until they grow into it. And all of a sudden they have it. Then they get their wings and they fly. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I can remember points in my career where people did that for me, where I couldn't see that. Uh, I mean, when I was, I was offered a job in Belgium and a job in Philadelphia, I was in Australia at the time. And I was a bit taken aback when somebody, you know, I was, when the managing director said, do you, would you like to, and I'll support you. And you know, you could do either of these jobs. And I was like, really? But he held space for me because he knew and he supported me. And it's the same thing. It's like, we see that our clients, we know that they can do with this thing that they want to do. They're here to do it, but they don't have that belief in themselves. And we hold that space. And it's very important for coaches to do that. Yes. Especially in the bumpy patches. Absolutely. Yes. And you can't, work with a coach and not have bumpy patches because you're here to grow from the energy in the place that you're in to a new and higher place. And if you could do it easily, you would sail through without the coach anyway. So the coach has to hold the space and actually, you know, ask you the hard questions and get you through to a different mindset that allows you to embrace a whole new level. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And holding this space is a great way to explain it too, because it is, it's like, we see the future a little, you know, we know it's coming. For we you. already are, are, are there. So we yeah. know that path that they're on. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. So can you share with us a story of while you're selling to your clients. I loved how you shared the story of him holding a space for you almost as you're up-leveling in your corporate job. Is there a certain selling story that may be fun to share with our listeners? <laughs> well, <laughs> many of them. <laughs> I was expecting you to ask me that question. This is not related to coaching, but I do remember um, I was a pharmaceutical sales. Well, actually, I remember a couple of things. I had a colleague who, I don't know if this is an appropriate choice, maybe I'll change my story. When I was pharmaceutical sales rep, I used to have all of these, you know, samples in my, in the trunk of my car. And one day, this, it was a very short doctor, he was about five foot. And he said, do you have any of this particular, it was like a nasal allergy drug. So I, we were allowed to like give them like two, maximum of two. Well, so he comes and I open the trunk and he spots them at the back of the car. And uh, before I know it, he climbed physically into the trunk and so that if I'd shut the lid, only his feet would have stuck out. And I, I was like, this is a dog now. This is hilarious. Oh my God. Yeah, and there's like armfuls of this stuff. I'm like, I love that. And I, uh, so no, I had a few escapades as hell, but anyway. Such a funny story. It's good for everybody to hear too. You know, there is a sense of having some good boundaries, right? In life and in sales. That's something I've been learning recently, just even with clients, just having regular boundaries, like whether you meet them at the no, time. That, or... that is a, such an important topic, the topic of boundaries and holding boundaries. And 
that sort of in a way comes circle to when you set your price, not wavering on your price. Because every so often you get a client who will just push for extra sessions because I wasn't able to blah, blah, blah. You have to decide, no, these are the rules. Now, it doesn't mean to say that you get absolutely draconian, draconian about them, but it must sit comfortably with you and the boundaries that you have set. And, and if you are wavering, you've got to have a chat with yourself about your boundaries and about valuing yourself. Because if you don't, you'll be joked around all over the place. <laughs> so yes, it's yes. really important. Yes. And particularly if you tend to be generous, giving, want to make everybody happy, you know. I mean, as so many of us are, that's part of the personal growth. That's so important. Yes. Oh, I love that. That was going to be my next question as well. So that was perfect. And I think it is so true, even for myself, you know, if I get a client that asks to maybe adjust a price or change a package, my coaches have been really tough on me recently. Like, no, you know, you're not doing that or you're not taking on this person or you really need to think intel like intuitively, are you going to enjoy this when you take it on? And that's really helped me, I think, put together a structure of business that I'm actually happy and still excited to be in, which is that energy. So I think that that's perfect. And the last or the second to last question that we have is, what do you recommend for your business owner, for business owners setting a goal to reach certain sales goals? Is this something that you recommend for business owners? Or I remember when I was going through coaching, it was difficult for me when I wouldn't reach a sales goal so that was kind of what I had in mind including this in here there was a time when you know I would have had a very definitive answer for this and said absolutely you know girls and you do you do I think that but when you are newer you're still you're learning the core skills and then you are refining the core skills and there's a point at which it's just not as helpful as it could be it sort of demotivates you rather than motivates you. Now, now, I want to be clear. You do need goals for your business. You do need, sometimes your plan can be, you know, if you don't have a regular flow of clients coming through the door, you need a plan to address and, and address the gaps that are stopping the flow. Once you get to the point where that is happening, then yes, absolutely. Goals are helpful. It's, yeah. About focus, I think you have to be determined, you have to be courageous, and you need to be focused. And so those three things are absolutely pivotal. Yeah. And those are the things, if you're all over the place, then you need to be doing some mindset work because it's the fear, your own fear, which is stopping you manifesting what you're here to do. Yes. Oh, yes. I love this. And that was definitely the goals for me before I did the personal development work felt almost like a ball and chain. You know, it's like I was carrying it around on every sales call. I'm like, everybody can see this thing. You know, it looks terrible. Um, and yes. that's what it did for me, you know? Yes. And I realized that when I kind of lifted that weight of judgment of, you know, if I say the wrong thing, 
it's okay. You know, this person on the other end will hopefully lead with grace and everything will be fine when I hang up the phone, you know? And I was very fortunate that that was 90% of the time what would happen if I made a misstep or misspoke on the sales call. And it's very rewarding when you can be less judgmental, kind of how you mentioned in the beginning of the um, podcast as well, not being so pushy and not saying, you know, this is the only person that I can get signed up today and I need to make the sale right now. It's okay. It will come. Yeah. You really hit the nail on the head. If your goals are taking you out of allowing, uh, just allowing leading a conversation in the way I described so that you and the, uh, the person you're talking to can get super clear whether this is the right thing for them. But if you're in the energy of, I'm going to make this happen, I'm going to make this happen, you are not in the energy of what is best for this person and is this the right fit? And you're not in the space of allowing, allowing, and that's very important. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like in a relationship when you really sign up a client, especially for something like coaching, what Sue and I both do with our clients, it can be very intense and you learn about their lives and personal things come up, you know, and it's, it really is like a dating app, you know, you have to know if you work together. I mean, in a way, that's a great analogy because, you know, it's a whole, if you love someone, set them free idea. (laughs) Because you have to let go of needing them to do anything. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm all about you (laughs) and not about what's best for them. Yes. Oh, I love that. That was a good little spiel by us. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much, Sue. And lastly, I just wanted to ask you um, to share a little bit about a challenge you may have faced in business, if you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. How did it change your mindset a little bit, you know, or kind of? Oh my goodness. I mean, I thought about this and I thought, man, I could think of so many things I could say here because, because it is challenging. You know, that's just the truth. And I think that if you're in a little bit of struggle right now, know that you can, this habit is normal. It's a part of learning. It's okay. The important thing is to keep learning from these things and to take all of the opportunities that you can to really upskill. And, um, but I would say that for me, there came a point in my business where I'd mastered a lot of these skills. I still, you know, it's all, it doesn't matter where you are, I can always be better at everything that you do, but I'd mastered them and I still, I'm like, still, what is the missing piece? And that for me was the mindset piece. And it was, I did not know, I was not conscious because the thing about blocks that we have, maybe they're money blocks, maybe they are fear of failure, um, you know, all of these things. And they can take multiple guys, they are hidden from us. They are actually protection mechanisms that just got their wires crossed. When they first were formed, they made sense. But that was a long time ago, usually. And then now they are just not allowing us to. I think all sorts. So I actually, it was working with a mindset coach that actually was sort of like blew the doors off a little bit. And I'm like, oh my. And that changed the way I coach. It actually changed. And before that, I was a sales and marketing coach. But I came to realize that 
I could teach all the skills I liked till I was blue in the face. And then I would meet people like me who'd be like, yeah, I got all the skills. It's still not working. And the mindset piece was so, so important that I could not coach people to success, starting with me and then my clients without unpacking these um, and doing practices. Exactly, I had a very similar experience to you. Once I started doing regular daily practices, I kept thinking, oh, wow. I kept noticing small things that shifted. Yes. I suddenly would be, was able to hear things that I wasn't hearing before. They may have been there, but I was suddenly taking them in. My mind was open to them. People would start, well, would say something and I go, oh, oh, everything starts to shift. And so my um, signature program, Become Unstoppable, now has mindset work throughout every single module. And by the way, Caitlin, I don't know if, it's, uh, if this is okay with you, but I give away a couple of things. And I do give away a money and abundance meditation. Love this. Anybody who would love that, you know, just email me and I'd be delighted to send them a copy. And also seven steps, seven simple steps to getting clients. Oh, so amazing. That. <laughs> so that whole emotional mindset shift was just pivotal. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And I just want to let everyone know really quickly that they can find your information in the show notes below and above. And you can get in touch with Sue. If you need her information, also send me a direct message and I can connect you both because these are really great, free, tangible giveaways that you could have in your pocket today. And trust me, you want them. Um, I'm going to get them for myself as well because mindset is, you know, exactly what you're saying. It's you can do, you can know all the strategy, you can have all the tools, but it's really what's up here. You know, what's stopping us. Yeah. Really, really is. It can be one of the last things we see because of the way we're made as humans. We are, you know, that piece of us that is terrified to move forward is terrified that something bad will happen even if we don't like where we are, that piece of us knows how to handle where we are now. We're familiar with this pain place and that's unknown. That growth piece is unknown. And so it, it really does matter a lot and it's tremendously rewarding as it starts to work. And I, and one thing I'd say about the meditation, if you're not somebody that meditates, this is a guided meditation. You just follow along. And it is actually, it has binaural beats. It actually um, helps your brain get into theta brain waves, which is actually the most uh, relaxed and receptive state. So use earphones if you're going to use it because it's powerful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. You guys, you have to get on this meditation. I, like I said, I absolutely am. I am a meditation fanatic. So I'm, I'm so into it. I, I share this with you all, but it really has changed my life. And I appreciate you two coming on and being so open with us and telling us your stories and sharing with us about your programs. And I want to um, leave some space for you to share your website as well, just audio um, so that people can know how to get in touch with you and any sure. that you may be you know, launching in the next couple of months. Well, uh, my website is www.cocreationzone.com. 
And Sue Beagent at cocreationzone.com is the way to reach me. So I look forward to hearing from you. And yes, absolutely. So meditation, the abundance, money and abundance meditation, which will help you really get into that abundance mindset, but also help you figure out where some of those blocks might be. It's all part of that. that um, and I, I would recommend if you do that first thing in the morning, and here's a really good tip. Before you look at your phone, before you turn on the TV, before you get into the busyness of your day, find a little corner where you won't be disturbed. Just put your earphones in and just take that time for you and then start your day. It will really, really help. Oh, I love it. I'm still working on that piece. So I'm taking that tip with me and hopefully tomorrow I can make myself do that, you know? Thank you so much, Sue. This was so fun. I really appreciate all of your knowledge being shared with our listeners. And as I mentioned, all of our information will be below so you can get in touch with Sue. We'll have her website and her email linked in the show notes and reach out to her if you are in need of any certain sales or mindset work. I mean, she really knows it all. So thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to work with you. Uh, Really lovely. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality.